welcome back to another edition of the Mighty Sports Podcast. I am your host, Talon T. Taylor. It is a rainy March evening. It's the 30th of March. It's a rainy 70 degrees. We got a whole lot to talk about. Like, who's going to win the NCAA tournament? Um, have the NFL owners lost their minds? Who doesn't like dominance? And I may just be rooting for the heat. But you know what I say? Regardless of the time and regardless of the weather, it's always a good time to talk some sports. So, let's start talking. I'm telling you, hey, it's weird because I'm very, very weird. I'm kind of glad I waited an extra day to kind of to talk to you guys because it allowed me to grab a nugget that if I would have waited to a whole nother week, I don't know if it would have felt the same. We're not going to talk about that nugget now, but just know that we get a chance to nugget all over the place. <laughs> First and foremost, this weekend coming up is the NCAA tournament. Finally, 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 the time of year is here where college basketball really, 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 truly matters. I know the tournament is cute, and everybody wants to make it to the tournament, and they have 64,000 teams that make it in there. Yeah, it's nice. You know, and it's nice to eventually bring it down to the Sweet 16, you know, because they have cute little names for it. You know, bring it down to the Elite Eight because it's a cute little name for it, but no, 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 no. Listen, there's nothing better than the Final Four because, listen, the Final Four is, 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 is prevalent, is, 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 is a factor in almost in every single sport. Like, whether we're talking about the Final Four in, in, in NBA basketball, which basically you're talking about who's playing for the conference finals, you're, or you're talking about it in football, where they're playing for conference championships as well, AFC, NFC. So, and, and then even college football only has four foot to start off their playoffs. So, the Final Four... Is what we're talking about. Plus, you can fit four on one hand. Like, all those other things, you have to hold up two hands. And listen, there was no, there was no better team than the woo. Yes, the four horsemen. So four is just the number to have when you're talking about finally when it's time to watch college basketball. Because <clears throat> listen, woo, I'm happy with my brackets. I'm not gonna lie to you. I'm happy about my brackets, and it's because my final four is still intact. We talked about this. It's the oddest thing ever, <laughs> and I don't even think I'm. I, I don't even think I'm winning. I'm, I'm just think I'm doing really, really, really well. Well, I didn't play against much people. Like I just put my thing on ESPN, but man, so yeah, having Syracuse make it all the way. Listen, I, I just knew one thing about Syracuse. Syracuse knows how to do, do, do their thug thizzle. And normally Syracuse is usually ranked high and then they disappoint. This time they're ranked low and they, and they outshine themselves because they, now they're being overlooked because of their seeding. See, normally they're being, they're being looked at normally because they're Syracuse and they're ranked high. This year they were Syracuse but they were ranked low so they were looked at a low ranked team. Man, eh, look at that. Smack, smack, take that. Who, won? Who got next? Not to mention we're talking about UNC being in there which... University of North Carolina, we got Villanueva, and we got Oklahoma. I told you, more than anything, like, let's not lie. UNC and Villanueva were probably my two solid picks. 
Like the two pe- the two picks that I actually thought was gonna make it to the final four. Even in a, even though I didn't think that those two teams were gonna make it as a championship, even though they can. Those two teams absolutely can. Oklahoma and Syracuse were my two heart picks. Yeah. While Villanova and UNC were my head picks, Oklahoma and Syracuse were my heart picks. So my two so my two heart picks made it and my two head picks made it. Well two heart picks made it and two head picks made it. And they're both in there. And I have UNC and Oklahoma, and as we already know, I have Oklahoma beating UNC. I think I have to score like 58-43, something like that. So, I'm excited. But, you know, what, you know what's even more exciting? Is the NCAA mm-hmm. Women's Tournament. Right? Mm-hmm. And I don't, I don't get what any of these coaches are saying in... College basketball. I don't understand what they're hinting at because there's one thing that you really don't have to explain, and that's dominance. Because nobody, because and, and also, and and let, and let me also say that with this, especially when you're not being questioned for anything. The Yankees were dominant, and nobody questioned how the Yankees were winning. While other teams were, were had steroid uses all over the place. I think we had a pitcher that may have had some issues. Maybe, maybe not. Who knows? But the Yankees were dominant and it really, and it really couldn't have been questioned. Lakers during their dominance couldn't be questioned. Now we get down to the NCAA women and Geno Smith. Uh, not Geno Smith, but Geno <laughs> and, and, and the Husky and the Yukon Husky women and... You don't have to explain dominance. Like, for instance, I'm talking to the owner of, of the Hollywood Browns. You know, it's a, it's a semi-professional football team, right? Well, I'm talking to the owner of Hollywood Browns the other day, and and we're, and we're working something out. And he's and you know we're talking about the next game they have coming up, and he's telling me, oh, listen, I apologize for how the last game was. You know, like hopefully this won't be a better show. And I, and I tell him, like, listen, coach. Sorry, I mean, but <laughs> not coach, but listen, T. I ain't gonna say his full name, but T. Um. You don't have to explain dominance. Like it's all in the high. It's all in the perspective of the person who's watching it. Like dominance looks great, depending on who. Uh, unless you're on the receipt, unless you're on the end of the butt whooping. Like if you're the one kicking butt and taking names, then you want to be dominant. If you're the one rooting for them, you want to be dominant. And ultimately, we want like we we like dominance, dominance. We don't like half dominance. We don't like that roller coaster that like the Miami Heat did, where where they're losing and they're winning and they're winning and they're losing and they can't get it together, but they can get but they can get it together. Cause like I said, they basically did nothing. Like, I'm not I'm not even gonna talk about LeBron James and them yet. That's a whole different portion. See see how LeBron is always pisses me off. This is this is how much LeBron James pisses me off, right? <laughs> that even when I'm not. Talking about him, he manages to get in there somehow. I hate that dude. So, here we are. And, did you understand the popularity? And and I don't, I really don't understand this. Like, how they try to, I, I, I don't know what's been going on in the world lately. Like, between, like, these owners around the world, and these coaches around the world, and some of these past owners, and so... Like, wow. Like, talking about the women's game and how it... Listen. You know how you know UConn's women's basketball is on point? Because you have, a, you, have a, you have somebody like Monet Davis, right? That is, what, 10 years old at the time? 8 years old at the time? 
Right, but that's, but from a very young age, from when she started playing sports, she knew one thing and one thing only that she wanted to go play for Gino. That is a lifelong fan of college basketball for women, and probably UConn. And and probably the only thing that probably could have deterred her probably would have been like a pact. You know, and her and her volunteers. That probably could have been the only thing to deter. Like, I am kind of curious to see if at any point in time we're going to build another powerhouse in college basketball. And not only that, not even, not even we're going to build a, college, build a powerhouse, because you can't really build a powerhouse. What's going to happen is that I want to see some of these top flight people say like, hey, we want to come down to the University of Miami, or we want to come down to someplace in Florida, or anywhere. You know, go 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 to UNV, you know, or UNLV, <laughs> you know, or, or or UCLA or one of them places, you know, and, and get together and say, you know what, we want to attempt to take down Big UConn because we don't want to be part of that. We want to take them down. It's, it's going to have to happen. But what's going to happen is that if it happens, it's going to be a bunch of top recruits going to the same school with a purpose, you know, to build up that school and take down UConn. Because that's the only way you're going to get the television notoriety that, that, you, that you generally deserve to match what UConn gets. But, <clears throat> so that's what I was saying about these, these owners and, and these coaches. And I was like, I don't understand. That was the college coaches or, and, and the WNBA um, some, um, affiliates that had the issues with talking about how... UConn were bad for the, how UConn's dominance was bad for the sport, you know, bad for college, but also how somebody else made a comment, completely separate, that how WNBA was was riding the coattails of men's sports, or she wasn't, or was it women's tennis that they said was riding the coattails of men's sports, but obviously, you know, when you say things like that, obviously, it leaks into the other women's, women's sports, because I'm hearing... Because once that happens, you hear women from the WNBA, you know, like Rebecca Lobo having their, having their spill. Um, so I, I don't get where they're coming from. And just like, and so all of them, like those, those, the, the jackasses of the coaches that were talking about, talking about UConn being bad for college basketball, for the, for the, for the, for the a-hole that was talking about women's tennis and also for the. NFL owners that are I don't know what they are doing. It just seems like they're not before we get they just gonna get it. They all of them they get the Richard Cranium Doe Award. I, I, I don't understand. Cause it seems like cause it seems like all of a sudden NFL owners, Jerry Jones, Jim Ursay, Colts, Dallas Cowboys, you know. They're just going out of their way to badmouth CTEs. And I don't get it because they have to realize, they have to realize that anything that they say negatively about CTEs or how it's not related to concussions and trauma and suicides, it makes them sound one insensitive. Like, like that's first of all, it makes you sound insensitive. It makes you sound too ignorant based off of the information that has come out. It also makes it sound like you're just talking out of your ass. Like let's let's just be real. Let like let's just be honest. Let's just be real. Like to like like, like. It, it it makes you sound like petty little men that are 
trying to cover your wrinkled little white behinds so that you can try to save face for an incident that we already know that you're guilty. See, that's the thing about it. Like, I don't think any of these NFL owners really see it this way. But you already seen as guilty in the public court of opinion that you are, you have withheld information from the players. You are, are more than 50% responsible for their suicides, for their long-term injuries, for a lot of their issues because when you had information, you did not divulge it all to them for fear of what they may do or for fear of your league. Because when you do a settlement and you say we don't have to tell you what we, uh, how long we knew, that just means that you've known long enough that if people were to know, they would be disgusted. So NFL owners, Jerry Jones, Jim Ursay, NFL commissioner, whatever the heck your name is. I just forgot your name. Roger Goodell. You guys have to stop it. Stop talking bad about CTE. Stop talking bad about concussions. These things are going to come out. You can't come and say these things aren't related. All you can say is, listen, I can't confirm or, or deny if these things are related. We're just doing our end to, to get as much information out there currently as it is. And we're just continuing to do we're continuing to do research and we're continuing to get as much information out to the public as we receive it. That's all you can say at this point in time. Because anything else outside of that, it sounds like you're making it up. You know, when we come back, we're actually going to talk about some other issues that may be going around. Like, actually, you know what? No, 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 no. Actually, because we're going to talk about some other issues that are going around between big entities. We are going to talk more about dominance. And listen, there are locker rooms all over the league that are just crumbling as the season comes to an end. We get into those two. That and more when we come back on the Mighty Sports Podcast. Tired of being ripped off by those other guys? Then head down to MultiVest Games and get the value you deserve. MultiVest. Find them at 830-183rd Street, Miami Gardens, Florida, 33169. Located just five minutes from Tootsie's and Sun Life Stadium in the plaza across from Snappers. MultiVest Games. Save more, play more. And thank you, and we are back to the Mighty Sports Podcast. Again, I am your host, Talent T. Taylor. So, let's just talk about a little bit of beef that I know is going on here. I don't even know if I want to talk about this as much as I, just, I probably may just use it as a filler somewhere. But it's already here, so we're just going to give it to you. I, I noticed something real lately, that ESPN happens to be beefing with a lot of people. And I don't know what's going on. I don't know. I don't know. It was... Yes, and I, and I realized it very oddly as as I'm listening to ESPN New York, and I'm hearing them talking about the issues with the Yes Network and whatever cable provider, and and they're going at it talking about how you need to drop this cable provider because we ca- because they're not showing these games, the Yankees games and X Y Z, and I'm like, whoa, like this is on ESPN New York, and I do wholeheartedly remember. Three months ago, that they had to say the big game because for some odd reason they're beefing with the NFL and couldn't say Super Bowl. So I don't know what's going on in ESPN. I don't think anything's wrong in ESPN, obviously, but 
It's just, it's just two things that I happen to notice that I thought was really interesting. Like, Yes Network and Cablevision or Comcast or whoever it is is, is beefing, and then we have ESPN and, and, and the NFL. Things are going down somewhere at the top. Eh, I don't like it. I don't like how it smells. But, you know what? It's coming back. Our segment where we give you local news and events. So, this next section. So, <clears throat> speaking of dominance, speaking, speaking of dominance, this Saturday, you are welcome to come see. The undefeated Hollywood Browns chase back-to-back championships as they take on the Broward County Barracudas, 7 p.m. at Joe Carter Park on Sunrise, just downtown in Fort Lauderdale. Now, in the Browns' last game... They had a decisive victory over the Point Siena Venoms, 58-6. As they were led by their quarterback, number 16, Bryce Schaefer. So, this week is also Breast Cancer Awareness. So, when you attend the game, don't forget to wear your pink. On next week's podcast, we'll have a breakdown of this week's game. And other updates around the UFF League. That league, I'll get you their website later. So, like I said, if you guys have any time to come check it out, come make sure you check out the Hollywood Browns. It's at Joe Carter Park. And if you're lucky, or if I'm lucky, (laughs) if we're both lucky, you may get a chance to... Hear me on the mic doing the PA. And the league's website you can find at uffofamerica.com. Also, I'm going to tell you something that's actually weird for me this year so far. There's a very, 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 very small part of me. That is actually digging the Heat Nation right now. Like Heat Nation, like let me so I, I know I know right now somebody sounded flabbergasted. Like somebody, if you're listening to this in the shower, you probably just slipped and fell. If you're listening to this while while you're driving on the car, you probably almost crashed. If you if you're listening to this walking, you probably tripped over your own two feet. That one isn't my problem. You're a klutz. That's your fault. <laughs> but if you walked into a wall. Okay, I'll take blame for that. Or if you walked into somebody that some, had some piping hot coffee and I'm both of you all standing up doing that <laughs> dance, then okay, okay. I take responsibility for that too. So, 
Listen, Heat Nation is rocking right now. And you you should hear them. You should you should hear these boys. Let's go Heat. Let's go Heat. Let's go Heat. Let's go Heat. Like Joe Johnson is playing out of his mind. You got the kills of Jason Richardson or something or something like that. I don't know his name. I'll probably have to do a correction for that next week too. You know, he's playing lights out. Dwayne Wade is getting the opportunity to get his rest in and in and out of the place. Um Whiteside, you're still gonna have to pay him. And, and listen, so as much as I say that Heat, Na- Heat Nation is rocking, and I hope, <laughs> and it's a part of me that's rooting for Heat Nation, you still don't know what I'm rooting for them for. So before I even tell you what I'm rooting for them for, I'm just going to tell you, before I say anything else good about them, I hope that some team poison pills you with Whiteside, so that you have to make a true command decision if you want to let this dude go, or if you want to pay the man. That you saying is gonna be the is, is a staple to your franchise to you guys winning championships. Let's see if 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 you guys finally you and Pat put your money where your mouth is. We gonna see. You like oh there it goes. We gonna see. I knew it. I knew it. I knew it was gonna be a, re- a reason to use that today. I, I don't know. I just, I just had a feeling. I had a feeling. I had a feeling. The feeling was good. We used it. So Heat Nation is rocking. And there was a small part of me that is actually rooting for them because it's a small part of me that's dying to see Heat Cavs play in the second round. Yeah, I said it. And, and the reason I want to see it is because it's for exactly the reason that the Heat Nation is excited right now. Listen, the Heat Nation has a reason to be rocking and, and a reason to be excited. Like Basically, the Heat Nation has a reason to be the opposite of Nick Nation. Because Nick Nation is just gloomy and they're depressed and they're down. And, oh, talking about Nick Nation. In true fashion, as I continue to tell you guys, I do have a live game in the back. It is the Knicks versus Dallas as... Borea's bringing the ball up the court, being guarded by Sasa Vujicic. He takes a high, high pick and roll with Dirk Nowitzki as Dirk Nowitzki rolls out to the three-point line. But B.J. Borea continues to roll to the rim, and he lays up a brick. It is rebounded by Dallas, and we have an air ball two feet away from the ring. Camilla brings the ball up to the court, and the Knicks get called for traveling. Double dribble, actually. Whoa! Camilla is heated. He's yelling at the ref. We're talking about... Ah, oh, he did double dribble. He knew it. 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 <laughs> he did double dribble. So we're, we're selling out eight minutes in, left in the third quarter. The Knicks up by two, 60 to 58. So, yeah, the Heat Nation has, has a reason to be the complete opposite of Knicks Nation. Like the, the Heat, Heat Nation actually has a reason to celebrate and be joyous. And it's for part of the reason that I just said. All the reasons that I just said. Like, Joe Johnson is, is coming out there, and he's playing as, as good as he's ever played. Um, you have that guy, Richardson, who um, that's, that all of a sudden that he couldn't make a three-pointer for the beginning portion of his career. Now, all of a sudden, he is having a phenomenal, like, what, 14 game? Talking about poison pills. <laughs> he's having a phenomenal 14-game stretch. On, on, like I said, Dwayne Wade is getting his rest, and, and, and you're seeing... And you're seeing um, um, Luau Dang, you know, coming to his coming to his own in his bits and pieces. Now and then now they have what's his name? What's his name? What's his name? Justice Winslow um being playmaker, which I like since he is just about the same size as Dwayne Wade and he can learn probably the most from Dwayne Wade. 
six foot five guard that can you know six foot four six foot five guard that can drive to the rim takes a lot of contact likes to finish around the rim jump shot is kind of suspect but pretty decent or you know so he can learn a lot from Dwayne Wade on how to play the game of basketball and being a playmaker may be one of the best things that he learns initially because at because for somebody like him that where he early in his career where you're gonna see him going to the rim a lot and getting contact and trying to finish up the rim, guess what? It's not gonna continue to be easy. Ask Mr. LeBron James, ask Mr. Dwayne Wade, ask Mr. Allen Iverson, ask, ask, ask your current contemporaries and ask the past. You go to that lane, you're gonna get knocked down. And you and if you keep getting knocked down, the next thing you know, as Derek Williams just comes up with a, with a turnover for the New York Knicks, and we finish at the rim as Jerry and Grant finishes with a flash. Knicks go up 62 to 60. So ask any of your old contemporaries, right? And any of your current contemporaries. They will tell you you take enough of those hits and eventually you will be injured. And you would have lots of injuries stemming from the bottom of your feet all the way to your freaking neck. So the, the fact that they're teaching him to distribute because of his style of play or, or, this, or, or teaching him to be a playmaker based on his style of play is, is, is great for him. Because now as he's driving to that lane, now he doesn't always have to force himself to get that contact. It's kind of what Draymond Green learned a little bit in Indiana. Is what, um, Not Draymond Green, but um, but Draymond Green did learn some of that in Golden State. While Lance Stevenson learned that in Indiana. So it, it all comes together and it's all going to be pieced together slowly. So the reason why I am so much dying because I am I know that the, that the Heat can actually beat the Cavs. The Heat has owned the Cavs so far this year. And... Not to mention, the Cavs do have troubles in their locker room. LeBron James just really isn't the dude that we keep thinking that LeBron James is. He's, he's pretty good. He's pretty nice. But it, take, it still takes in this team with people like Dwayne Wade and Chris Bosh and Pat Riley to win a championship. And he, that's not what he has in Cleveland. He is trying to be Pat Riley. And that doesn't work. He doesn't have Eric Spoelstra as a coach to keep him reeled in and to hold him accountable. To make, cause remember, remember what Spoelstra used to tell him: "Do not let let making mistakes be definitive. Correct your mistakes. Meaning, if you did something like a turnover, don't don't jog up the court. You just spit down the court. And you make sure you save it on the other end. You make we make sure that if you're going to turn it over, that you that they work for that point. That doesn't happen in Cleveland. LeBron James isn't isn't chasing them balls down anymore and chasing people down and, and, and getting the blocks from mind. You, you remember when there was a point where anytime you got a fast break, you were nervous um, if you were playing the Cavs or you, if you was playing against LeBron James because you thought he was coming right behind you. Like, you had to check behind you. You don't have to anymore. You don't have to anymore. LeBron James is only doing it like once every five times now. And now LeBron James has troubles with Kyrie Irving. And he already had um, problems with, with, with Kevin Love. And J.R. Smith is always going to be J.R. Smith, you know? And so, with the Cavs not being at full force, like, listen, they may have all the players that they have, that, that you may say they have, they're still not at full strength because mentally they are weak. And mentally, Miami is strong. Miami has been strong um, um, for a while. And that strength of theirs... Only, only was more solidified after LeBron James left. So don't you think that when they go up against the Cavs in the second round, that that is not going to be a beautiful matchup? Where you're going to see that Miami trying to force their will and show, not only do we not need this guy, but we can beat this guy. Heat Nation is rocking. But not only that, let me ask you this. What happens if the Heat beats 
the Cavs in the second round. What does LeBron James do? Does he stay in Cleveland? Remember, he has a one-year opt-out. He doesn't have to resign with Cleveland. What does he do? Does he run? Is he running fully again? Does he do what he has done now twice in his career, and that is tuck his tail between his legs after an embarrassing loss, and try to do it somewhere else all over again? And if so, where? Because listen, they've talked about something recently about the brotherhood. If it had to happen anywhere, it would be in New York. And no, 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 don't get it twisted. I'm not saying that because I want LeBron James on my team. I'm saying that because I want a championship. I'm saying that because I want Chris Paul on my team. I'm saying that because even though I hate Miami Heat, I have the utmost respect for Dwayne Wade. And I also know that Chris Paul, Dwayne Wade, and Camilla Anthony aren't winning a championship without the the you know without your Pippin. And those guys need need the ultimate Pippin in the league, and that is LeBron James because he helps solidify it because he's a glue guy. He is. LeBron James is a glue guy. He's, he's the six foot eight point guard that is going to do what they're trying to get Justice Winslow and, you know, and with Draymond Green and with Lance Stevenson and a bunch of people his size and magic has done. So I would want them to come to New York because you also have to assume that if you're going to do it, you got to do it on the biggest stage in the world. And there's no other bigger stage in the world than New York City and the Garden. Unless they turn tail and do it in Brooklyn. Well, we're going to go to a commercial break. When we come back, we're going to talk some more about the NBA. And we probably even go to some NFL a little bit. They didn't join this team to win championships or become famous. They joined because there is important work to be done and only some able to do it. They are brighter, better educated, led, and equipped than any team in history. They are doctors. Lawyers, engineers, technologists, and combat troops. All prepared for whatever comes their way. You'll find them where the lights don't flash. And the only contract they sign is with themselves and their country. One day, they may be asked what they did to make a difference in this world. And they can respond. I became a soldier. And we are back to the Mighty Sports Podcast. Still here. And I'm still Talented Taylor. So, very recently, and when I say very recently, actually, let's actually tell you what this is. This is nugget time. This is that nugget that I've been holding on to. That I am so glad. Hold on. Here comes some man shit. Actually, I said that last time it was horrible, didn't I? No, it passed. So, this is Nugget Tom. And I've been trying, I'm so glad that I didn't give out the podcast yesterday so I could talk about this today. I find this so, so, so funny. D'Angelo Russell, the LA Lakers. You, my friend. Also, we'll get yourself a Richard Cranium Award. And I was going to give this to you at the beginning of the night. I just thought about it, give it to you now because, because you are a jackass. And you deserve one of these. Go 
And you're still a sexy jackass. I'll, I'll, I'll explain that. So you haven't heard about D'Angelo Russell. D'Angelo Russell recently leaked out some information about Swaggy P, Nick Young, about Swaggy P cheating on his girl, Siggy Azalea, whatever her name is. Damn, I'm so fancy broad. And it got out. And we have, and since then, players have been isolating him. They haven't been talking, they've been shunning him. And listen, listen, listen. I get it. I do get it. D'Angelo Russell. You you pull some scumbag ish. Like I I don't understand what part of you thought that any of this was, was okay, or any of this was cool, any of this was, was alright. Like you understand, like from the moment from the moment you had an interest in women. Just which I don't know how, how long how old it is for like some of you guys, but I knew from a very young age, like, pfft, like I was trying to look up skirts at like six years old. Like <laughs> so yeah, I was that kid in school. You know what I mean? In the second grade, you know, grabbing you know, grabbing a whole you know, you know, taking you know, grab <laughs> <laughs> grabbing girls on their butts as I'm being as I'm being the door monitor, you know that's the only reason I was the door monitor so I could grab all the girls' butts as they passed. <laughs> so I I kind of I got kind of scratched up a little bit for one of those. I think her name was Tamika or something like that. I know definitely know her name started with a T though. <laughs> um. So he shares this information, gets out, and now the team is is isolating him and. I can't blame them. Like I don't understand what part of Brokaw thought this was acceptable, and it and what it will and what it also does. It adds to the to the countless issues that the Lakers have just been having within their organization over the last what's it five years now. Slowly, like between the mishandle, the 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 the, the mishandling and the threats of firing and and the constant threats of being fired, and. What they've done the last three years or so, and listen, like I said, if it wasn't, I told you very much in the begin in the middle of the season that if the Lakers didn't have Kobe on it, they they would be unbearable to watch. Like Lakers without Kobe, like if like the Lakers at one point in time were harder to watch them to me than Phoenix. Like I would at least rather have watched Phoenix at that point in time because at least I had a young star to watch. Now. As I said, that's in the middle of the season. Beginning of the season, I was only watching a little bit of Kobe because I wanted to see how it was going to start. And then as you as you quickly saw that it was going nowhere and it was going exactly how it went last year, then he was like, oh, no, I can't watch any more of this. Would I ever watch Phoenix? And then towards the end, as we're sitting just about seven games away from the end of the season, it is something to watch again because now, once again, we know for a fact that we are seeing Kobe's last games. And just to let you know, with about five minutes left in the game, that the Bucks are leading the Suns, ninety-two to eighty-seven. And a current update on the Knicks game: the Knicks are currently up sixty-nine to sixty-three with two and a half minutes left in the third quarter. As we get a David Lee signing, as once again another former Nick is somewhere else doing great. And he may not be doing great in Dallas. The reason I say he's doing great because he left New York and he got himself a ring. So. <laughs> It, it it really does add to all of the all of the issues that, that the Lakers have had to me, like like Nick Young, the the coaching changes, the Lou Williams, the Kobe Bryant, the the owner, the general manager, all of it, basketball operation, all it this all just add and 
it, it's it's only become and, and what's it, and what it is is that when you when your franchise is doing bad, listen, coming from a Knicks fan, coming from a Jets fan, I know what bad franchises look like. Also coming from a Yankees fan, I know what great franchises look like. So I, I do have the bets of both worlds. I'm not I'm not like most of those other intolerable fucks out there that are Knicks, Knicks fans, Jets fans, and <laughs> and Mets fans, you know? No, 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 no. I'm, I'm not. I'm not one of those. You know what I mean? Like I'm, I'm, I'm a cross between the between the happy-go-lucky camper that get, that normally gets Giants, Yankees, and Knicks. But I'm sorry, like Mets never made the cut for me. I never liked how their symbol looked. Never ever did. Never liked how their logo looked. That that, that, that little swooping M and, and the little swooping Ys. I never liked that. I know it, it just it was just a little too too flashy for me. I like the Yankees because it was, it was just a little bit more solid, a little bit more streamlined. It was just right then and there. Like, I'm sorry. I didn't like all that fluff. But I love the colors, though. But I didn't like the fluff. So, it makes it makes me wonder now that what's going to happen with D'Angelo Russell. Because if he's being shunned by his current team, right? And a decent amount of these people are going to be back next year, right? I'm pretty, like, I don't know if Lou Williams is going to be back next year, but... Lou Williams is gonna have to pass the ball to somebody, and if he ain't passing it to DeAndre Russell, then who's he passing the ball to? So now it makes me wonder about this next thing: Will the Lakers be willing to trade DeAngelo Russell? Because you have to remember, think about it, and and I'm and I'm saying this now from a Knicks fan standpoint, or at least this question came to my head based on the fact that I'm a Knicks fan. Because as soon as I heard about this, I'm wondering: Would I? The Knicks desperately need a point guard. Desperately need a point guard. Would I be willing to take D'Angelo Russell on my team? And for his potential? I say yeah. I honestly say yes. And that's only because of his potential. Because honestly, like his skill set hasn't shown that he's been that he's really any better than um than Jerry and Grant or or even Galloway, to be honest with you. And when I say better, I mean like I mean like considerably better. Like hands down, you can see there is a considerably skill set difference and dominance between the two levels. I, I don't see it. I do not see it at all. Like if we talking about Chris Paul and I'm yeah, I could definitely see the, the skill difference in those two. But between D'Angelo Russell and who's who's a rookie in the league, and Jeremy and Grant, who's also a rookie in the league, and Galloway, who's a sophomore in the league, I don't see a skill set difference. And still there's a part of me that'd be willing to trade for him. Just because of the fact that he happened to be that number four pick. So I'm saying this, I'm saying this now from a Knicks standpoint because I know the Knicks need a point guard. But now think about it. If you're any other team that needs a point guard or can use a point guard, I just told you that he doesn't look any better than see, because Knicks fans know, know knows who to, know who these comparisons are. Oh, as I seen Derek Williams just get blocked from behind by who does who blocked him? I don't I don't know, but I see JJ Barrell came back and got a rebound as Zaza Pachulia gets an offensive board. I'm sorry, Darnell. You know that one was just just for you. And I hope we weren't driving. I hope we weren't in the shower. I hope we weren't in anywhere that would have caused you grief or angst to hear that name. But I'm just gonna say that if you were and you happened to escape. You know, with your life, or for the first time you heard that name, I do apologize. Zaza Pachulia! <laughs> I just made this personal. As the Knicks actually up by nine left with 25 seconds left to go in the third quarter. 
And I haven't, I haven't taken a look at the game really notice if Porzingis is playing to see if there was going to be a matchup with them two today. I haven't paid attention that much. At least a couple times I've looked, I haven't noticed. So, listen, Knicks fans will, will, will definitely understand the, the comparison of the skill set that I'm, I'm using. So, if knowing that, me as a Knicks fan, knowing that, they, that he's not really that much better, at least right now, from what he has shown skill set wise, than Jerry and Grant or Galloway, and I'm still willing to trade for him, then that lets you know that any other team will probably trade for him as well. That may need a point guard that's willing to overlook, okay, yeah, he did this, but that's Swaggy P. Like, when I, I mean, could you understand? Like, somebody will find a reason to justify it. Somebody will find a reason to justify it. Like, look at it, it's Swaggy P. Swaggy P has been known to have his issues around the league and still managed to be in here 10 years. You know what I mean? Like, like, and nobody knows really if Saga Pierce had issues. He just said he had issues when he left Philly. They could have been just trying to blackball him. As they do, as, as owners and franchises do a lot of players when they leave their team. You know, they take it, they take it just as personally as the players, you know, take it when the players get traded or get cut. So, I would take Russell on my team for some odd reason if I'm, if I'm the Knicks or if, if I'm any if I'm any other team, because I'm like he did it to Swaggy P, he has a fresh start. He knows now not to do anything like that. Hopefully, you know we can we can we can tutor this young man to be to be a, to be a great gentleman or, or be a great person to be a great man. Because you know maybe L A just didn't quite have it. And he just wasn't learning from Kobe, and I mean, he already had his own little issues. So yeah, there are a lot, a lot, a lot of things that goes into that, and. I'll still take him. I will still oddly take him just because of the potential that he came into the league with. The number four pick. The vision that they said he had. The kind of person that they said he potentially was going to be. So I am going to stay on high alert to see during the offseason that if the Lakers can't don't feel like they can keep him in L.A., that if they look to trade him and to see what they get for him. Because, listen, I'm pretty sure they can probably get themselves a first-round pick. A decent sized first round pick for him. Like I'm talking about um number like maybe number twelve to number sixteen. That's decent, right? I mean you're not gonna get yeah, you're not gonna get a top five. Because everybody can see that he's not a top five talent. But you may be able to get but you may be able to get a top sixteen. Try it out. Let's see. So as the next gamer isn't commercial right now in the back. And we're talking NBA. The Golden State Warriors have continued to stay on this historic pace. As I said, they only have about seven games left in the season. Is it seven for them? It may not even be seven for them. They are sitting at 74 games. So there's eight games left for them. And they honestly just got to win six out of eight. Isn't that like normally you would like? Oh, six out of eight sounds sounds difficult, but six out of eight isn't that bad for a team like this. That's already on a five game winning streak. That's already won nine of their last ten games. That hasn't lost at home at all this season. Which means that they still have what five games left at home. They played what? They're thirty six and zero. So they play even 41 games on the road. So they have five games. So five out of those eight games are left uh, are on, are at home. And they have not lost at home all, all season. 
five takes you to the record. They've only lost seven games on the road. They only have four games left. Is that right? Four? Three? Three. They have three games left on the road. They have eight games, five and three. Yeah. So they have three games left on the road, five at home. And they need to win five to tie out of their next eight and six to win. We are not only going to see, not only were they new, not only was the Golden State Warriors new champs, but we're going to see a new best team ever as the reigning three-point champion. The re- okay, so as, as we're also talking about the team that has the three-point champion from the last two years and also the three-point leader, the two three-point leaders for this current year. Like, this, is, this is going to be interesting. This is just going to be interesting. Like I, I am interested to see what they say. But you know what? <clears throat> you know what? I don't worry about, and that is where I want to go on a Friday night. I don't worry, and I don't think about it. I head down to Capone's. I go to the. I head down to Fort Lauderdale. I go see DJ Scepter mixing in mixing in the lounge room, so I can start dancing and start drinking. Yeah, that's DJ Scepter. That's my DJ. Yep, my DJ DJ Scepter. Every Friday from 10 p.m. to 4 a.m. Ladies, bring your sexy. Fellas, bring your swag. It's going down to Capone's. I'm telling you, this kid is on. This kid is the truth. He's on fire. You know what I mean? Like he's he's a real deal for sure. I'm saying he does everything. I told you this last time. I'm gonna tell you again. Bar mitzvahs, weddings, funerals, birthdays. I don't, I don't know if he does funerals, but you could do a funeral. You know how you know how we do. You know how you know how black Spanish and Jamaicans do. Like we party on funeral. We do wakes, wake, wake. But yeah, that's my DJ. DJ Scepter, every Friday at Capone's. Come check him out. You won't regret it. So, as we're talking about the Lakers, right? We talked about the Lakers earlier. I mean, we even talked about Golden State, right? We were talking about, the, I guess, the, I guess the, that golden time in people's lives, right? When they feel that the game has passed them up. And we're probably going to go back and talk about some of my NBA before we finish up here today. I wanted to touch this first because I, f- I find this interesting. And I find this interesting that in a way that makes me look at it. Because we have Mr. Peyton Manning retiring. We got Charles Woodson retiring this year as well. As well as Kobe. We're about three of, of probably the fiercest competitors out there. And... None of them are real, I think, above the age of 40. They may be just 40. And you can clearly see that Father Time has caught up to all of them. Probably except for Charles Woodson. I don't know if Father Time caught up to Charles Woodson. I, didn't, I don't remember seeing Charles Woodson just getting beat, 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 beat all the time. So, as the Knicks are up by 7, 78 to 71, with nine minutes left to go in the fourth quarter. <clears throat> so, I'm, I'm curious now of... What makes boxers or fighters a different breed of athletes? And I, and I think you guys know where I'm going with this. Because cause think about this, right? The basketball player isn't, bo- isn't playing basketball to 44. Right? Like, they, they barely make it to 40 in the league. The... I don't, I don't, I don't, I can't recall too many tennis players playing into their 40s, but I'm pretty sure there has been a few. But... Not so much into the abundance that, that 
where I think where I can constantly just think of fighters constantly over 40, over 40, over 40. Golf, yes, but we know how we feel about golf. Football, you definitely don't see it often. You barely see people play to their 40. Like the fact that like Brett Favre and, and Peyton Manning and Tom Brady and Charles Wilson have played for this long, like we're looking at it like, wow. 18 years in the league, wow. 39-40, wow. Right? So, when I hear that Sugar Shane Mosley is going to be fighting at 44 years old, I'm like, what makes boxers so much different? Because remember, remember, remember the execution of Bernard Hopkins? Damn, they fighting at 50. It's still winning. So why are fighters differently? Chuck Liddell. Like, why are fighters differently? Um, 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 the, Ken Sh the Shamrocks of the world. The Gracies of the world. Why, how are fighters that much differently? I don't know. I'm, I'm honestly asking. How are fighters that much different than... The other athletes, the, 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 the basketball player, the football player, the hockey player, the tennis player. And I throw tennis in there because until you play tennis, you have no clue how much torque you're constantly putting on your body. And stop and go and constantly constant change direction. Like, it's, 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 like, like playing tennis is honestly like, 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 like running suicide drills but having to take, a, but having to take like a, 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 a three-point shot as fast as you can and as hard as you can at a stop as a dime. Every single, like, almost every single time. Like, that's what it is. There's nothing nice on the body, either. Yeah, I just realized, I may have beat my body up. Between tennis and football and basketball and army and alcohol and partying and dancing and... Ooh, oh, <laughs> and... You know, yeah, I can put my body through the ringer. So, I, I, I really, it makes me curious of why boxes are having to be that much different. So, like I said, we're going to continue to talk about basketball. We're going to come back to it. Because as we're talking about boxes being different, I've been hearing a lot about what Russell Westbrook is, is doing. Yeah, we're getting all kinds of Russells today, right? The only, only one left is like Russell Wilson. What is Russell Wilson doing lately? Isn't he like getting engaged to Sierra? Take your fear his future's baby. And, and I don't mean that in a negative way. I'm not trying to like decimate them. I'm just saying it's, it's future's baby. Like we just happen to know who the baby's dad is. It happened to be futures. Right? Like, you know what I mean? If it wasn't futures baby that I knew of, I'd be like, oh, he's over there taking care of another man's child. You know, you're all playing, he's over there playing stepdaddy. He's over there taking care of future's baby. Now you can take it how you want. Oh, I have a Java update available. A new version of Java is ready to be installed. Click here. That's what that was. <laughs> so Russell Westbrook has now been putting up ridiculous numbers lately. At least that's what they've said. So I'm just, I'm just repeating what they said. Russell Westbrook has been putting up ridiculous numbers as he has dropped now about 17 triple doubles for the season. And they are saying it is the greatest performance that they have seen in the last 40 years. And I find it absolutely convenient that they just happen to pick a time frame that eliminates Oscar Robinson. I'm sorry. Like, I truly am sorry. Like they, they they use all these all, all all these algorithms and elevated numbers to try to figure out and and listen 
listen, they look cute, they look nice. They they, they show you they, they they like to show you oh if if Christoph Porzingis were were, were to play for a full forty minutes on the court instead of instead of for twenty four, you know instead of ten points per game he will now be averaging about twenty five points per game, fifteen rebounds and 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 maybe about and maybe about three and a half blocks. But then when he plays that many minutes, he doesn't do it. Okay, Anthony Towns, you know, if he can play the whole entire game, or, I'm sorry, Don Whiteside, if he plays the starting minutes and he, and he can get in there for 44 minutes a game, he should be giving you just, just, just about, you know, 22 points, you know, for 17, 17 rebounds and, and, and 8 blocks, and then they put him in there, and they're worse defensively. So, when I hear, oh, Russell Westbrook, you know, he's only putting up, you know, uh, you know uh, 22 points and, 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 and seven, seven, seven rebounds for 10 assists. If, if you were to play in 44 minutes that Oscar Robinson used to be able to play with the usage rate, and after other sets will compare to another player, but now we used to be able to make it that time, then Russell Westbrook would actually be coming over with about 42 points per game, 18 steals, and 49 assists. Yes, it will be astronomical numbers. You know, it's incredible. And that's how they sound. I'm like, no, he wouldn't be. Because guess what? The people that could do it during their eras did it. I love me some Russell Westbrook. Do not get it twisted. I do love me some Russell Westbrook. And Russell Westbrook is having a great season in a time frame where somebody else is having a greater season. And it is going to go overshadowed just like Oscar Robinson's season was overshadowed because he wasn't even the MVP that year. Remember that. The two years that Oscar Robinson was over there putting up them triple doubles, even he was being outshined by somebody. You can go look it up and figure it out. Actually, I already talked about it on the podcast previously. So if you've been listening, then you know who I'm talking about. This is another sports update. Oh, oh, five minutes left to go in the game. Actually, that was about seven minutes ago. The Nuggets are leading the Grizzlies 104 to 100. And the next game is currently on commercial as well. So, Russell Westbrook, great job he's doing. Big O, he is not. And like I said, I find it, I find it funny that they say the last 40 years because if they, if they include anything else outside of that, then it makes you seem foolish that, we, that they are overly celebrating a guy that has 17 triple doubles versus a guy that put up 164 consecutive. Like, like are you kidding me? He did it for two full seasons. Now, I do apologize. Let me take it back. I don't know if he did it for 164 consecutive games. Because, you know, he averaged a triple-double. So there could have been a couple of games where he may have put up like nine. But he did it for two seasons. So I am going to safely say he did it for 164 games. 164 games. And we're talking about 17. 17 versus 164. And we're calling it the best performance in the last 40 years? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Where? Show me. Please. Because once again, I think I think last 40 years is just convenient. It's just absolutely freaking convenient. And, and, and like I said, I don't want to take anything away from Russell because I love me some Russ. I am still the same guy that was telling people that, listen, we, we go, we're about to go back and I'm, I'm about to rejoin with some of these people as I have just recently gotten my new Xbox One, the Halo 5 edition. That joint is sexy. Sexy. <laughs> so, I lost my train of thought. Russell, Westbrook. 
not taking anything away from me. I, I'm the same people. I'm the same person. I was telling people, you know, in 2012, 2013, that Russell Westbrook was the best player in Oklahoma, and people were looking at me like I was crazy. I'm, I'm the same person that six years ago I was telling everybody that he's way better than he that he's better than than Derrick Rose. People looked at me like I was crazy. Can't say way better, but he was definitely better to me than Derrick Rose. People looking at me like I'm crazy. Now you won't even dispute it. Now. You at least now that you can make an argument that he may be the best player on Oklahoma City. And listen, let's not get it twisted. You can't teach 6'11. So yes, Kevin Durant is a bad boy. He's a bad man. But he is 6'11. He has a decisive shooting fact. He has he has a decisive advantage over people. Just like when I was comparing shooters, Kevin Durant, Kimala Anthony, Stephen Curry. Always thought Stephen Curry was better because he didn't have the height advantage to get off his shot like the other two did. Before we go, because we're coming down right up to the end. I do want to throw a quick shout out to Snoop Dogg, who was going to be <laughs> inducted into the WWE Hall of Fame. I, I, I find it interesting. Amongst, amongst, amongst a bunch of other people, the headline of that, of that particular Hall of Fame class is going to be led by Sting. The NBA playoffs is almost here, and... Like I said, we're talking about we're seven, eight games away, and, and, and I couldn't wait anymore as I see Raymond Felton just decides to go flopping down the court as the Knicks are up 80 to 75 with about six minutes to go in the fourth. And let's hope the Knicks can hold on and they don't blow another lead because I've seen the Knicks lead a couple of games recently and they have just squandered it. <sighs> Man, I'm telling you. But nobody ever said being a New Yorker was easy. <laughs> So, I have a quick, I have a quick announcement to make, and, and we said I'm gonna make it now. While we're coming out to the end of the show, as always, as I do say, I do appreciate you guys listening. I thank you. Stay tuned. Stay blessed. All of that. Don't stress. But you can now find the Mighty Sports Podcast, not only on SoundCloud. But we also have a new home on TuneIn Radio. Still within the workings of revamping a Saturday show. Don't know if I told you the name of that yet, but it's coming and it's going to be early. It's going to be super duper early. It's going to be so annoying. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's going to be so early that I'm already annoyed by it. <laughs> but I'm doing this for you. Because also this one may be moving locations. And as I've been saying for a while, and we're coming down to the final portions of it, if I'm, if I'm going to determine, if I'm going to change locations. Listen, like, and I find it hard, and you have to bear with me on this one as I tell you this. When you're an artist of, of different levels, because, you know, I've been, I've been an artist on, on I've, or I've been a thriving artist on different levels. Poetry, writing, you know, and now here. Because this is, this is art in a way. When you are an artist... There's something that you never want to give up, and that is your artistic control, your artistic belief, your artistic idea. And there are a lot of things I there are a lot of things that I like doing through this podcast that giving up the weekday show, I may not be able to benefit from. Like shouting out DJ Scepter. You know, like telling you about the Hollywood, you know, sorry, this is back up. Shouting out DJ Scepter who DJs at Compones every Friday from 10 to 4. Or telling you about the Hollywood Browns that are going to be playing at Joe Carter Stadium just off of Sunrise on Saturday at 7 p.m. 
it is breast cancer awareness so make sure you wear your pink they will be playing and i will be probably doing the pa i mean i don't mean i get that so so it's weird for me to try to give it up so as i'm working on the negotiations for possibly changing the location i don't like if i may have to give up a lot of creative freedom that's what i'm holding on to people that's also part of the reason why I'm revamping a Saturday show is to hold on to whatever creative freedom I have, but the timing of things may be off. So we're going to see. Oh, 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 oh. We're going to see. <laughs> Thank you, guys. Again. Sorry, boys. All the stitches in the world can't sew me together again. Lay down. Lay down. Always knew I'd make a stop there, but a lot later than a whole gang of people thought. Last call for drinks. Bars closing down. Sun's out. Where are we going for breakfast? Don't want to go far. Rough night. Tired, baby. Tired. My teeth!